right, Miles, give me the green light. I'm ready to go right now in hour two. Thank you, sir. Hour two of our program today. Um, two great conversations in this hour. Uh, we continue trying to squeeze an 80-pound show into a 45-pound bag. I don't often do seven guests in one show, but today is that day. Uh, our one down, two more hours to go. On the B side of this hour, uh, a new book called Illmatic Consequences, The Clapback to Opponents of Critical Race Theory. Love that book title. Uh, the two authors of that text will join us on the back side of this hour. We commenced this hour uh, talking about um, uh, preventable disease. Uh, we were just talking in the first hour uh, with Paul Henderson about uh, the deaths that we all saw take place in Maine. Uh, Robert Card II, uh, who killed these 18 persons and injured more in Maine, uh, found dead with a self-inflicted, uh, self-inflicted gunshot wound, we're told, um, but not before he killed 18 people and, and, and injured others. Uh, and what we just discussed moments ago, in case you've just tuned in, is that those deaths were preventable. Imagine, imagine being the family member a loved one of one of those 18 persons or the others who were injured. And you discover what we, dis- what we discovered in the last, you know, 24, 36 hours that this shooter, Mr. Card, Robert Card, uh, in trying to get a silencer for his weapon, uh, admitted on a form, he told the truth that he had mental health issues. He wrote that on the form, filled it out accurately, told the truth. Yes, I've had mental health issues. And yet he was able to get the equipment that he wanted to get. Then you discover that that was three months ago, by the way, three months ago. Then you discover a few weeks ago that cops were called to his house because there were concerns that he uh, was losing it and was going to go on a mass killing spree. They knew that three weeks ago. So imagine being the family member of one of a loved one of one of those persons deceased or or maimed or injured in this uh, in this um, uh, shooting. Uh, and you learn that. Uh, talk about preventable deaths. Uh, I want to talk now about preventable disease. Uh, the majority of heart disease cases are, in fact, preventable. I am pleased to be joined now by one of the nation's leading cardiologists, Dr. Kim A. Williams. He's the inaugural editor-in-chief of the International Journal of Disease Reversal and Prevention. Dr. Williams, good to have you on this program today, sir. How are you today? Doing good. Uh, so, but I really want to thank you for taking this on. No, Thanks I'm glad. Me. No, I'm glad to have you on. We got we got a few minutes here to uh, to talk about again uh, preventable deaths, uh, whether it's by a gunshot or whether it's by uh, uh, cardiovascular disease, uh, heart disease. Uh, we got to do better uh, at um, at living better lives and living longer lives to the extent that we can. Um, t- tell me how you came to this subject matter. I-, I-, I note from reading your background, you were once a professional level tennis player and a coach, and then at some point you decided to choose the field of cardiology. Why and how? Uh, well, I tell you, that my interest in medicine started really early. Uh, unfortunately, I was the kid of a mother who smoked. I ended up with three different pneumonias. And by the time I had my third pneumonia at age 11, I kind of knew what the deal was. I didn't get that penicillin I was going to get back to school. So I uh, was admitted to a hospital on the south side of Chicago, your community inner city hospital. Mm-hmm. And there were issues of care. Those, And so I made a vow to get out of that hospital and try to become a doctor on the south side of Chicago and be a, you know, a, a pediatrician. Well, uh, I got sidetracked with tennis. Uh, because tennis has a lot of benefits in terms of academics. 
It makes you more thoughtful. It makes you strategic um, and gives you some physical fitness. Mm -hmm. And if you happen to have skills in those areas, uh, you can excel at tennis and it makes you excel at everything else. So uh, my tennis success and my academic success at University of Chicago sort of went hand in hand. Um, And as I got better at tennis, it got to the point where I was winning low-level professional tennis tournaments. But uh, when it got to the big one, uh, you may know that the American Tennis Association was sort of a replacement for the USTA for blacks because for a long time, until Althea Gibson really, um, we really couldn't get in the USTA uh, Mm -hmm. championships around the world. And and it got to to the point that, um, you know, uh, years ago, the American Tennis Association was formed so black people would have a place to play. The nice part was that after things got better, you know, just like the American Medical Association led in blacks in 1964, well, the USTA did it even before that. Uh, but to try to make up for it, they always would take the national champion of the American Tennis Association and put him in the tournament. Uh, so there I was in a qualifier for, for the U.S. Open, uh, you know, playing the number one seed and, and winning, and I hurt my back. And I was just wrestling the night before the semifinals. Am I really going to delay second year of medical school or am I going to mm-hmm. go, uh, go on and play uh, on the on the tour or go on with my medical studies? So uh, fortunately, that back injury stopped me from even considering it even further. I went back to medical school and, mm. you know, I played a few uh, tournaments but and, and some minor success, but really dedicated to healthcare. Yep. And, well, and what I found was that, you know, we have been a, it's a struggle. It wasn't pediatrics anymore. I got into cardiology mainly because I loved it when I got into medical school. But to answer your question, it also was a need. You grew up yeah. on the south side of Chicago. You realize that everybody's dying of heart attack. I had a stepfather who died of a stroke at age 29, uncontrolled hypertension. These cardiovascular risk factors are such a burden for us. And, you know, I, it's not just the heart with the high blood pressure and stroke. It's it's kidney disease as well. And Let almost me, every one of us knows someone who has uh, uh, critical kidney disease and they're on dialysis. And my actual biological father ends up dying right after dialysis session. It's So take it very personal that all of our cardiovascular and kidney risk factors need to be addressed. Uh, and we have the answer nowadays. No, you assigned yourself to the need. I'm glad you did. Nothing against tennis. I love a good game of tennis, but uh, you ain't saving no lives on a tennis court. Uh, and these days you are. Uh, I want I, When we come forward, I, you said something, you, that story you tell about your mother and about your getting pneumonia three times. I, I, I have to probe that. There's something there I want to ask you um, about your mother. And then we'll, we'll, we'll get straight forward into this conversation uh, about preventable heart disease and uh, your suggestion that we go to a plant-based uh, diet. We'll talk about that. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. For all the freedom-loving folk, this is Tavis Smiley. I feel like Who do you trust to get at the truth? Tavis Smiley. That's who. The conversation continues right now. He does indeed with our guest, Dr. Kim A. Williams, one of the nation's leading cardiologists. We're talking in a moment about um, uh, his recommendation uh, that you consider plant-based eating. We'll get straight to that in a moment. Let me ask right quick, though. You, you told the story about your mother. Uh, you grew up with a smoker uh, in Chicago. And mm-hmm. on, on on three occasions, uh, you find yourself as a child with pneumonia. At age 11, for the third time, you're in the hospital. Uh, obviously, pneumonia kills. Uh, and I, 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 I can only imagine that you loved your mother. But I wonder, as you look back on those, on, on those scary times, whether or not you in any way... Um, 
mm, trying to find the right word here, hold your mother accountable for that, whether or not you had <laughs> had issues with your mother because of that. I, I understand that smoking is an addiction. I, I get that, so I'm not yeah. naive, and yet, and yet, your mother, your mother could have killed you. Very true, and uh, you know, uh, a lot of respiratory diseases in the pediatric population are due to parental habits. And so it turns out that um, after I went to medical school, my mom went to chiropractic school. Not everybody understands that chiropractors and physicians actually get the same first two years. So she she learned all the stuff that I learned. uh, And she came to me and was crying and apologized for Mm -hmm. all of the uh, smoking-related pulmonary disease that I had. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you know, but I, for everybody who's out there and they're smoking and they're struggling, and if you have family members, remember, it's not just uh, firsthand smoke, you're smoking. It's secondhand smoke that's very damaging. And indeed, there's thirdhand smoke. It's in the carpet. It's in the car, on the, in the leather seats or the vinyl. And then people will actually react to that. And if, if you don't believe me, you can always just put in your search engine, third-hand smoke, what to do, and you'll see all kinds of respiratory illnesses and cancers. So really good idea to get away from it and not have it anywhere around you. Yep. So one of the reasons I want to have you on is because you are uh, becoming more and more vocal uh, in your various roles, um, suggesting particularly to, to black folk. Uh, that we consider a plant-based diet to improve our cardiovascular health. So with that, take it away. Tell me, t- tell me, tell me the back. T- tell me why. So let me just start with a little bit more background. Okay. <laughs> First of all, we have toxic levels of healthcare spending in this nation. It's one fifth of our gross domestic product as a nation, and as it turns out, that over eighty percent of those those dollars are spent on diseases that are unnecessary. Now, you know, I don't know how many you know, Chinese spy balloons or uh, kids from the south side of Chicago who could be given, you know, free education at major universities. We, we have things that we could and should be doing, uh, build, rebuilding our infrastructure with our money. Instead, we're spending on healthcare issues that are generated by our food choices. So, you know, it's, it's really important to recognize that diabetes and obesity are at epidemic levels and the consequences, heart attack, stroke, heart failure, death, are just overwhelming. It's, there's, it's human tragedies. It's families that are losing. And you're losing in two ways. It is if I choose to eat an, an American diet and I eat, you know, fast food uh, with high frequency or, and, you know, sh- sugar-sweetened beverages and everything that you see in a fast food commercial, there's actually literature against pretty much everything except for the lettuce and tomato on that double cheeseburger. Well, it turns out that uh, that is a burden on me. It's a burden on society if I don't pass away early, but it's going to be a burden on my family as well. I mean, my kids would have to take off work and after I have the stroke and wheel me around in a wheelchair, going to you know appointments and to rehab. Why would we do this to ourselves and to our families? So health and wealth go together. People shouldn't be taking off work to deal with illnesses uh, when they could be productive uh, people in the society. And so I've you know, publicly said that you know, if you look at our healthcare uh, financing, mm-hmm. that if you're not doing a whole food plant-based diet, then you have to question how much do you care about the country? How much do you care about your community, uh, your family, and yourself? Mm. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty strong indictment, though, that, that, if, you, that if you're not <laughs> taking seriously a, a plant-based diet, then you don't really care. Um, you want to unpack that a bit more for me? 
Well, yeah. So we have uh, a variety of diseases, and if we had to <coughs> summarize it into one thing, it's the GI microbiome. People will say, what in the world is this guy talking about? It turns out when you're eating you know, de- decaying flesh, which is basically what people are eating, uh, in a, uh, that you're getting some bacteria, it changes the microbiome. And anybody, can, you know, everything that I'm saying is actually in uh, peer-reviewed literature. It's in medical journals. But you could get it right off of you know, the, the search engine or chat GPT or whatever you want. You look up the microbiome and you see that it improves when you eat plants. So that gets rid of a bunch of, you know, it feels funny talking about cardiac disease and because it's stroke and Alzheimer's disease and dementia and Parkinson's disease. Those are some of the real big ones that change when you do a plant-based diet because you improve the microbiome. So the cardiac risk, though, which you asked me to talk about, mm-hmm. it boils down to three things. Uh, your cholesterol level, your inflammation level, and a compound discovered by the Cleveland Clinic called TMAO, trimethylamine N-oxide. The only thing that lowers all three of those is a whole food plant-based diet. And so that's what I would love to get to do it every day. I'm actually still here in my clinic. And the successes of people who change their diet and, and my big job becomes how, how quickly do, can I get them off of medication because they're, they're doing so well um, and convincing everybody else to try it. And so I'm, you know, I'm out there trying to get everyone to recognize that it is more than just health. It is recognized that it does affect the planet and you, know, you can throw in animal cruelty if you want to. But the fact of the matter is the, uh, a whole food plant-based diet is, is the best diet for human health. If we do that, uh, particularly, and, and I don't want to leave out the kidney disease uh, because we are, as African-Americans, we are 12% of the population and 35% of the dialysis patients. And if you look at the literature, you'll see a, a tight association between animal protein consumption and the development of, of chronic kidney disease. Mm. And the reverse is true as well. You take someone with kidney disease, you put them on a plant-based diet, and their kidney disease gets better, and you don't get that, that, that progression the dialysis that everyone's afraid of. So I want to. I want to come. I want to come right now inside your clinic. So I'm. I'm one of your patients, and you're trying to convince mm-hmm. me to change my diet um, to a whole food, plant based diet. Uh, tell me. Tell me. Tell me what our conversation is going to be about. So yeah. So we start with the risk factors where you are, and mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, and if you look at the uh, published guidelines from the American College of Cardiology. Uh, which I'm a co-author of the hypertension guidelines and the primary prevention guidelines. The first thing that we talk about is uh, is changing the lifestyle, not smoking, making sure that you're exercising, making sure that you're doing a heart-healthy diet. Now, you can argue about whether or not fish is in there because going to fish actually does reduce your stroke rate, but unfortunately it doesn't lower heart attacks as much and it doesn't lower cardiac death as much. But uh, if we make it, if we make strides towards uh, a whole food plant based diet, fruits and vegetables, beans, grains, nuts, seeds, mushrooms, people will have such a dramatic improvement in their health uh, that we don't have to worry as much about the rest of our prevention stuff, which is obesity and uh, high cholesterol and high blood pressure. Uh, these are things that all of which everybody should measure, and they should get controlled now. But part of our issue is that we don't recognize all of our risk. 
And so that's one of the reasons here at University of Louisville, we do a lot of going into the community. I did it when I was at Rush University of Chicago as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we set up a program where we go into uh, everywhere where they'll have us, like Juneteenth celebration in a park or uh, the African-American mail walk we did recently. We go everywhere where people will be and say, hey, you want to get your cholesterol? A little simple finger stick will tell you exactly what your numbers are. And then we use a blood pressure cuff. You put those two things together and plug it into the risk calculator, uh, which anybody can get. You can put in risk calculator uh, from the American College of Cardiology. You can pull it down and everybody should. Hey, and uh, Uncle Joe, tell me your cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, tell me your, your blood pressure. <laughs> oh, you've got a 17.6% 10-year risk of heart attack, stroke, or death. You need to see your doctor. So then we set them up for appointments uh, here at UofL. And uh, hopefully we're going to make uh, make some changes and make a difference. Yeah. So if um, let me let me just let me just run you through the ringer right quick. Watching my time, we've got less than five minutes left. Uh-huh. So if, if you're trying to convince me and other black folk and others, of course, but talking about black folk primarily, um, trying to get us to yep. consider a whole food, uh, plant based diet. What I want to walk through breakfast, lunch, and dinner based on what you're suggesting. <laughs> what am I what am I eating for breakfast every day? So, so that is the funniest thing that people. Uh, uh, let me just say, uh, you're asking the really the most important question. Yeah. How do you change people's habits? Exactly. Um, and, but let me tell you, there, uh, one of the gurus, Caldwell Ethelson of plant-based nutrition, he's got a big, you know, his, his kids, everybody's a big vegan guru. Right. And I heard him say, he was lecturing in a, right, right before me one time, I heard him uh, say that there are 29,000 uh, know, vegetable uh, plant-based options out there. Uh, I tried looking it up. I could only find twenty one thousand. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so I can tell you that uh, you know I, this you know morning I would have uh, a uh, I typically would have a uh, a whole grain toast with uh, uh, almond butter, but I I could go through uh, really thousands and thousands of plant based options if you do. You know, beans, grains, nuts, seeds, fruits, vegetables, and mushrooms. Okay, and 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 lunch. What do you what do you what do you, what do you for lunch every day? So so I, I, it's it's even hard to say because uh, I what I do is I uh, eat just about anything. So you know, my favorites uh, at lunchtime would be salads and a sandwich. Uh, if I'm going to eat, uh, I love the the vegan chicken substitutes, but it has to fit the requirements that it's not a lot of sodium and no saturated fat. And so some of the plant-based processed stuff is big on saturated fat and, and sodiums, and those are to be avoided. But the rest of them are really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, soy meat is really good for you. Um, it uh, can actually uh, make all of the, uh, the everything from menopause to prostate disease improve so many things, including blood pressure and, and stopping kidney disease. Uh, so it's, it's hard to pick out any one thing because I eat so many different things. And what and what's uh, and what's dinner look like for you, typically? <laughs> so, so same answer. That is just about anything. Uh, I typically would do a, a, a huge salad and anything that that uh, is you know whole food plant based. So mm-hmm. I you know I actually for people who want specific re- remedies uh, or recipes that are remedies, uh, food is medicine. Uh, I would refer you to the Association of Black Cardiologists. We're coming up on 50 years of that organization. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, we put out a uh, cookbook. It's called the Heart and Soul Cookbook. And that is free. It's online. If you just put in ABC for Association of Black Cardiologists uh, into your search engine with Heart and Soul Cookbook, 
you'll get like 22 recipes. And that's a really good answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I asked that question. I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, and for those who want to learn more, they mm-hmm. can they can find that Heart and Soul Cookbook. I, I asked that question because, you know, at the end of the day, um, we can have these conversations. But we got to be practical about these things. Yep, uh, and, absolutely. and you're trying to convince black folk to change their diet. You know, they want to know, OK, what am mm-hmm. I eating? It's a basic fundamental question. What am I eating for breakfast on this new diet? What am I eating for lunch? What am I eating for dinner? So they're, they're pretty basic fundamental questions. You can't convince black folk to change nothing if they don't know what they're going to be eating. <laughs> That's exactly right. And I do get that question all the time. And, you know, the best thing I can do is the two T's. Spend my time with them, let them understand the importance of it, and then the tools. And so if I can mention another, I don't usually mention commercial products, and I'm pretty sure this one is sold, but uh, it's it's something that I think is so good that everybody should know about it. It's uh, Mayor Adams uh, in New York. Uh, He tells a story. He wrote a book. It's called uh, Healthy at Last. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's replete with recipes, whole food, plant-based recipes. So when people are looking for stuff to eat, they could just, you know, rather than taking, you know, some rogue cardiologist that spends so much time working and not cooking, uh, you could just <laughs> take a uh, take uh, take a, a good recipe book like the ABC or the Healthy at Last, and you will see a massive number of recipes. And then you can uh, start branching out because there's no way that a, a book or a pamphlet uh, a 22-page pamphlet, I should say, can actually get everything out of that 21,000 beans, grains, nuts, seeds, fruits, vegetables, and mushrooms. Nope, fair enough. Uh, I thank you for your time today and for the tools you've offered us. Speaking of time and tools, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of people, I, I, I'm, I'm seeing this everywhere I go, hearing it everywhere I go, a lot of folk particularly given what's happen, uh, what's happening, what the numbers are saying about black folk in particular uh, and our cardiovascular yep. health. A lot of people choosing um, um, a plant-based diet. Uh, and so I want to talk about it and uh, offer that to our audience. Uh, uh, Dr. Williams, good to have you on the program, sir. All the best to you. Thank you for your work and witness, uh, and thank you for this conversation. Fantastic. Let's do it again. Thank you, sir. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward.